Hello everyone and welcome back to A Voice in the Wilderness. I'm your host Jacob Freen. Today we are going to be talking about the fall of man. Lesson 12 is entitled The Fall of Man. Last time we studied creation. Obviously in the Bible the next account is uh, the fall of man. We do not know how long it took for man to fall, how long uh, Adam and Eve lived in the garden. But the next thing recorded is the uh, record of the fall. So let's pray before we begin. Heavenly Father, we ask that you will open up to us the truths in your Bible. We ask that your Holy Spirit will come and teach us so that we may uh, be brought closer to you and so that we can learn the lessons that are given within your word. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ, the Lord. Amen. The warning given to our first parents in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die, did not imply that they were to die on the very day when they partook of the forbidden fruit. I'm sorry. But on that day, the irrevocable sentence would be pronounced. Immortality was promised them on condition of obedience. By transgression, they would forfeit eternal life. That very day, they would be doomed to death. Obviously, we're still here. So when the Lord said, in the day that thou eatest thereof of the fruit, you shall surely die. And that was uh, one of the statements that Satan used to trip up uh, Eve when tempting her to eat of the fruit. Obviously, we're still here. We did not die that very day. But the um, the sin curse laid on the earth and we are subject to death unless Christ comes first. What restriction was placed on Adam and Eve in their Eden home? Genesis 2, 16 and 17 says, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. He said, You can eat of everything that's in the garden except for this one tree, that one stay away from. The Lord gave us free choice. He said, I place before you life and I place before you uh, death. So we had those, that choice. The Lord wants us to follow him, not because we are mindless robots, but because we follow him because we see his goodness, we see his love, and we see that he has our best interest at heart. So why were they given the power of choice? Though created innocent and holy, our first parents were not placed beyond the possibility of wrongdoing. God might have created them without the power to transgress his requirements, but in that case, there could have been no development of character. Their service would not have been voluntary but forced. Therefore, he gave them the power of choice, the power to yield or to withhold obedience, and before they could receive in fullness the blessings he desired to impart, their love and loyalty must be tested. What was fully what was fully explained to our parents? Our first parents Friends were not left without a warning of the danger that threatened them. Heavenly messengers opened to them the history of Satan's fall and his plots for their destruction, unfolding more fully the nature of the divine government, which the prince of evil was trying to overthrow. It was by a disobedience to the just commands of God that Satan and his host had fallen. How important then that Adam and Eve should honor that law by which alone it was possible for order and equity to be maintained. There had to have been an impartation, friends, of the knowledge of the fall of Lucifer because in that state of perfection in Eden, 
Adam and Eve were allowed to converse with God. He was, they were allowed FaceTime with uh, Christ in his divinity. So they, there would have been a time where they would have been privy to that knowledge. I don't believe that God would have left them ignorant of it because that would have, they could have said then when they transgressed and the curse placed on them, they could have said, well, we didn't know uh, what was to happen. We didn't know about Satan. And so therefore it was easy for us to fall. I believe the Lord gives us all the knowledge we need within his word. He gives up, he, I mean, I believe he gave all the knowledge Adam and Eve needed for their happiness. And we just choose, we chose and do still choose our own way, which I believe is spiritual insanity. Where only could Satan tempt the holy pair? Satan was not to follow them with continual temptations. He could have access to them only at the forbidden tree. Everything else they were allowed to have, right? They were allowed to eat of the, the good trees and uh, of the fruit, but they were told that they could not eat of this only only this one tree. So it would have common sense dictates then that they that Satan was only to have sway over them at the tree. <clears throat> So why did Satan choose the serpent as his medium? Genesis 3 and verse 1 says, Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So why did he choose this medium? It says he was the most subtle. In Patriarchs and Prophets, page 53 and uh, paragraph four, it also says the serpent was then one of the wisest and most beautiful creatures on the earth. We know that um, just from reading the Bible and uh, looking at other Bible commentaries, we know that the world post fall was very different than here than we, we now experience. So how much more different would it have been uh, pre fall? I'm sure the the serpent was very beautiful and it was um wise I'm not saying that the serpents could talk back then that would be weird you know I mean obviously we don't know everything from back then but um obviously the Satan chose that that medium because it was beautiful and when they would hear that serpent talk, they would say, oh, this, this thing can talk. <laughs> what prompted Eve in the choice she made? Genesis 3, 6, what prompted her? And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Okay, so she saw that it was good for food, that the... The, the fruit looked good, and she believed the lie that Satan had posed to her that you will be like God. She desired a, a position. She desired, she coveted a, a higher existence, I guess, than what 
the Lord had intended for man and woman, she was tempted. Commenting on this, it says, Eve really believed the words of Satan, but her belief did not save her from the penalty of sin. Oh, I'm sorry. I skipped a question. I'm sorry. What one thing led Eve to her fall? Genesis 3.13. And the Lord said unto the woman, What is this that thou hast done? And the woman said, The serpent beguiled me, or deceived, and I did eat. So she was deceived. She really believed him. Um, but as you can see in this statement, she is passing blame off on the serpent rather than taking ownership and saying, I allowed myself to be deceived and I made the wrong choice. Eve really believed the words of Satan, but her belief did not save her from the penalty of sin. She disbelieved the words of God, and this was what led to her fall. In the judgment, men will not be condemned because they conscientiously believed a lie, but because they did not believe the truth. Because they neglected the opportunity of learning what is truth. Mm. When Adam knew Eve had transgressed God's command, why did he eat of the fruit? Doesn't tell us in Genesis. So we have to go to Timothy. We have to go to 1 Timothy, which is Paul's writing. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 2 and verse 14 says this, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. So why did he eat of the fruit? Obviously, he loved his his companion very much, but obviously he loved her more than following the command of God, which can sound romantic. It can be romanticized, but at the end of the day, God's love for us is greater than we can fathom, friends, and to not follow him shows our contempt toward him. Mm. Adam had enjoyed the companionship of God and of holy angels. He had looked upon the glory of the Creator. He understood the high destiny open to the human race should they remain faithful to God. Yet all these blessings were lost sight of in the fear of losing that one gift which in his eyes outvalued every other. Love, gratitude, loyalty to the Creator, all were overborne by love to Eve. Mm. What was the immediate effect of their transgression? Gotta go all the way back to Genesis. What was the immediate effect of the transgression? Genesis 3 and verse 6 says, And when the woman saw... Am I in the right one? Yes. Genesis 3 verse 6. Um, Genesis 3 6 says... When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. Was the immediate effect of the transgression? She brought also her husband into that transgression. Now I'm not blaming Eve for that. Adam has a part to bear in that. Commenting on this in Patriarchs and Prophets, page 57, the author says it was grateful to the taste. And as she, Eve, ate, she seemed to feel a vivifying power and imagined herself entering upon a higher state of existence. After his transgression, Adam at first imagined himself entering upon a higher state of existence. Mm. Peasant to the eyes, and he treated to be desired to make one wise. So she 
really felt that she was becoming wise, but what she was really feeling, friends, was that the light was departing from her. Then what reaction came to the then what reaction came to the guilty pair in verse seven? And it says, "And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons." The Bible constantly refers to nakedness um, as a sign of transgression, as your being naked, uh, having your shame uncovered, as being a sign that your sins are open before God, that you're living in sin. So obviously they could discern the fact that they were naked now because the Lord's light was leaving them. But soon the thought of his sin filled him with terror. The air seemed to chill the guilty pair. The love and peace which had been theirs was gone, and in its place they felt a sense of sin, a dread of the future, a nakedness of soul. So what curse was pronounced on the serpent, the man, the woman, and the ground? We have a few curses here. What was pronounced on the serpent? Genesis three fourteen through 19 says, And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and dust shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. It's interesting that it says, Upon thy belly thou shalt go. It's almost... It almost makes you imagine maybe the serpent at one time didn't always slither on the ground. Verse 15, uh, going on in verse 15, it says, I will put enmity or hostility between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. If you look at um, Messianic prophecy, this is the first Messianic prophecy within the Bible. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Talking about the son of God. The curse then placed on the woman is found in 16. It says, Unto the woman he said, I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception. In sorrow thou shalt bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he shall rule over thee. We find here that this is where we find the uh, the pain that comes with childbirth and also a reordering of the uh, the gender roles. Obviously, man and woman are created equal. Adam uh, or Eve was formed from a rib from Adam's side, which shows that Adam was not supposed to trample on his wife, but also that she was not to control him as the head, that they were to occupy um they were supposed to be in equality but within different stations of uh service to god and that's what we still see today but we see um more of the ruling of the husband today uh sometimes in um lording that over the wife the Eden ident ideal is that the man is the priest of the home and the wife is his his equal, but that they uh, serve the Lord in different capacities. That doesn't mean that one is better than the other, as some of our feminist sisters would have us believe. 
He also places a curse on man in 17 and says, And unto Adam he said, Because thou hast hearkened unto the voice of thy wife, and hast eaten of the tree of which I commanded thee, saying, Thou shalt not eat of it. Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow... Um, So he curses Adam and the ground here. Thou shalt not eat of... Cursed is the ground for thy sake, and sorrow shalt thou eat of it all the days of thy life. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return to the ground, for out of it wast thou taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. Mm. So here we see all of the the curses pronounced on the serpent, the man, the woman, and the ground. But I believe here, and you can also see it in um, in Paul's writings, that the man bore the brunt of the curse because he was not deceived. Eve could claim that she was deceived by the serpent, but the man did not come According to the Genesis record, the man did not come into contact with the serpent, so he could not have been deceived. He willingly disobeyed God, and that is a dangerous path to lead because it shuts out much of the leading of the Holy Spirit. When we know what is truth, when we know how to follow God, when we know what we're supposed to do, but then we say, well, I'm going to do my own way because, you know, my way seems right to me. So why was man driven from the garden? Genesis three twenty two and 23. And the Lord God said, Behold, the man is become as one of us to know good and evil. And now lest he put forth his hand and, also, and take also the tree of life and eat and live forever. Therefore, the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So why was he driven from the garden? It says, because now that he knows good and evil, because he is subject to sin, he might take of the tree of life and live forever. So what that would do is that would create eternal, um, an eternal sinful being if Adam was allowed to continue to take from the tree of life. And the Lord wants there to be an end of sin uh, at the end of time. What has come to the whole human family as a result of Adam's sin. Genesis 2.17. Genesis 2.17 says, But of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. Right? Romans 5.12. Go all the way forward to Romans. Romans 5.12 says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sin. <clears throat> we know that because of the sin of Adam and Eve, death has come into the equation, and that's because uh, sin separates us from our God. Isaiah says, Your sins have separated you from your God. Uh, the Bible says that our sins are as scarlet but that he will make them white as snow he will purify us if we allow him to purify us and to blot out our sin but if he is to blot out our sin friends we have to put away the sin we have to repent we have to find the actual 
path to salvation, which is through Christ Jesus's blood, which blots out our sin if we will put it off. So that is the record of the fall. Uh, remember this, we have a few quotes. Temptation is not sin and is no indication that God is displeased with us. The Lord suffers us to be tempted, but he measures every temptation and apportions it according to our power to resist and overcome evil. It is in the time of trial and temptation that we are enabled to measure the degree of our faith and trust in God and to estimate the stability of our Christian character. Mm. Many claim that it was impossible for Christ to be overcome by temptation. If we have in any sense a more trying conflict than had Christ, then he would not be able to succor us. But our Savior took humanity with all its liabilities. He took the nature of man with the possibility of yielding to temptation. We have nothing to bear which he has not endured. When assailed by temptation, look not to circumstances or to the weakness of self, but to the power of the word. Through faithfulness in the Christian life, the soul is braced to withstand sudden assaults of temptation. For the true Christian learns to depend upon Christ for strength and grace. When the first temptation is met and resisted, the second is more easily met and resisted. We may be able to resist every temptation that assails the heart by calling upon our mighty deliverer. Amen. We should study the Bible more that we may become uh, familiar with the promises of God. Then when Satan comes in, flooding the soul with his temptations, as he surely will, we may meet him with, it is written. We may be shut in by the promises of God, which will be as a wall of fire. Friends, I hope this has been a blessing to you. Those last uh, five statements are a blessing to me, knowing that we have a... We have a high priest in the heavenly courts, which is not unacquainted with our infirmities. He is acquainted with our infirmities. He is acquainted with sin. He's been tempted and tried like as we are, yet without sin. And it is through him and through his blood and through the power of his Holy Spirit that we can overcome sin. We can overcome every temptation and every assault of the evil one. That is the last study in uh, section two. Uh we will begin section three, which is entitled The Way, the Truth, and the Life. Obviously, we will be talking about Christ and about the plan of salvation. Allow me to close with a small word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath day. We thank you so much for your Bible. We thank you so much for the word that is contained there. And we thank you so much for encouraging us to know that it is truth. Lord, I pray that we will learn from the lessons found therein, that you will help us to uh, cling to Jesus and to continuously call unto your Holy Spirit. And when temptation comes upon us to resist it, that the devil will flee from us. I pray this all in the heavenly, holy name of Jesus Christ. Amen.